Hey, good afternoon, listeners. It is May the 28th. Um, I was allowed to do a real brief, well, I won't say brief. It was, you know, roughly about an hour. But um, I was able to get Mrs. Rage to come back on and um, talk with us about the incident that took place up in Minnesota. Um, you know, I asked her to come back and give me her opinion on, you know, what she thought about it. And it turned out to be a a really good, um, you know, really good podcast. Um, some good information was passed back and forth. You know, some things were said that, you know, we should take to heart. And, um, you know, um, like it was in, you know, in a nutshell, it was good. It was good. So um, here's my latest podcast with um, the world famous Mistress Rage. Hope you guys enjoy it. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. <clears throat> How are you doing on this fine Thursday afternoon? Well, you know, it's not 92 degrees today, so I'm fantastic. You guys have had 92 degree weather already? Yeah, man. A couple weeks ago it was snowing, and yesterday and the day before it was 90. And the thing is, houses in the south, y'all are used to the heat, so you get air conditioning built in your house. Not up here. So I had ceiling fans, regular fans, <laughs> standing wow. in front of the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I lost my heat resistance since I've been up here, but I can handle the cold now. I just can't do the heat. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Hey, but um, today I have my friend, Mr. Shrage, back with me. And we're going to do a little quick, um, actually impromptu, more or less, to... Um, talk about this insanity that happened a couple of days ago and um, shed some light on it and get some opinions on it so um, I was lucky enough to catch Rage when she wasn't as busy as she usually is but um, you know just to get her input on this so um, give us your thoughts on what happened up in uh Minnesota. Okay, so one, I'm kind of surprised that happened in Minnesota because people up there are usually really nice. Um, I, I hadn't, I wasn't even aware of it until you told me because I just generally don't keep up with the news. I'm too busy. So when I saw it, it was just like the first picture, the first thing I saw was a picture of the guy with his knee on dude's neck. And it, it didn't seem appropriate. I've seen the I've seen the, the tactic done appropriately. And mind you, because of things that I've done in places and people who I've worked with, I've been trained in some procedures of restraint, you know, different than my dominatrix ones. But uh, it was really disturbing to see that. And I think, you know, it was disturbing that it happened, but equally disturbing was that other police officers were standing around and nobody said, like, hey, bro. And the thing was, if this guy is having trouble breathing and all that stuff I mean how much of a struggle is he really putting up four of you guys couldn't hold this guy down in some other way what does that say about you Um, and then what I wonder in in reading over the stories clearly there was medical distress with the guy um, that was happening it seems like it was happening 
before the cop even put him on the ground. So what I couldn't um, what I couldn't get an answer on was why the guy was pulled over in the first place. It, it, was he driving erratically? Because if so, maybe he was having you know a heart attack or an asthma attack or something like that. I mean, maybe he was having a medical problem from the get-go, which indicates that the cops like didn't even pay attention to anything the dude said because you think he would communicate that. Right. It just seems like uh, uh, a sickening and disturbing. I don't. I don't know if I want to call it an overreaction because I don't know if the guy fought him first. It, it. It doesn't matter though. It was just. It's horrible. And I'm really glad that I'm seeing cops speaking out about these guys and calling for them to be fired and um, put in prison if found guilty. So I'm really glad to see the good cops calling out the bad cops. I think that's really important for everybody to hear right now. Right, because even the mayor spoke out that, you know, the the, the cop that initiated it should have been mm-hmm. arrested. Absolutely. You know, which is, you know, yeah, these guys they really need to be held accountable for things they do. And it's like, what was, you know, like your, you know, stated, you, know, you got four cops standing there, three of them just like chilling. Right. And then from the photograph that we're looking at, the guy was on, you know, on the guy's neck, you know, with his hand in his pocket, like he was just like, you know, cruising through the park, like it was no big deal. You know? Yeah, this is what I do every Tuesday. What yeah, are you talking about? Yeah, you know, about? it's like you got mm-hmm. individuals recording the the incident, but nobody did anything about it. Right. You know, once you know, once the guy, you know, passed away, then all of a sudden everybody wants to lash out and speak out. And, Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, do something before, you know, it gets to that point. Be, you know, proactive. Absolutely. You know, because, like, if it was, you know, one of their loved ones, it'd be a totally different story. Right. You know, right. it's like, it's like nobody pays attention to the fact until it affects them. Cowardly, you know? cowardly acts allow for the rise of tyrants. Yeah. And it's just like, you know down here in the dirty south as we call it you know we got these inbred hillbillies that feel like they can take the launch of their own hands and, and you know be judge jury and executioner right here in, oh in the yeah street, you know like, the guy the guys who shot the jogger right, right. you know this guy's jogging yeah. and it's you know the one the other chicken shit guy that sat back and recorded it and stated that he had nothing to do with it you know truth came out that he was a part of the lynch mob as well. Well, the way I feel about it is this. You can't say you had nothing to do with it if you're filming instead of dialing 911. Yeah, right, exactly. You're 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 complicit by not doing anything and in in a way you're feeding it by recording it. You should have been calling 911. And even if this guy were the guy that had been robbing the area or whatever the hell was going on, you have no right to shoot him. You let the law handle that. Exactly. I mean, you know, and and yeah. yeah and, like, <laughs> and how do you how do you get that? Like he looks similar to a guy. He's out in the street jogging. You're up at the house. Well, he's out. That's, the, right. He's out in the street you know, jogging. His hands are so, empty. Right. You know. So like, what are you saying? All black people look alike? I mean, that's kind of like you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like I told you. Like, well. You know, if, if you're not running with a television or a football in your hand, right? <laughs> like, hey, right. like I think. Um, the guy, he actually, the jogger actually was, um, I think it was on video that he was actually looking in, you know, a, a residence that was being, 
remodel whatnot. Oh, like construction? Yeah, you know, so... Well, hell, I would have done that, too. Right. Shit, that's just curiosity. Right, and even, you know, with that being said, it's like, he didn't do anything. He just was looking. Right. Then he went on his merry way. But here comes, right. you know, Billy Bob and his inbred son. <clears throat> you know, they want to be, you know, the saviors and stuff. And it's like, I guess the guy figured, since he had been a cop before, you know, that he could just run out there and save the day. That to me, that should make the punishment worse because if you were a cop before, you already know better and you already know the law. You can't even use ignorance as an excuse. So to me, that that makes you like doubly guilty. You know what I mean? You you knew how to you knew what the procedure was. You know how the law works. You know how to deal with these situations, and yet you still took the law into your own hands. Man, right, man. But that just goes to show that you know, down here, they live by a different set of rules. You know, because it took months before these guys were even arrested. You know, so you know, I heard someone say it's like if the video hadn't been released to the general public, who knows if mm-hmm. those guys would would have ever been brought to justice. And that's what it is. That's what's um. And and I'm wondering. I, I can't say with any certainty but i wonder you know the the mayor up there in minneapolis who called for these guys to get fired did you do that because you thought it was the right thing to do or did you do that because there was immense immense public pressure and good good public pressure is getting stuff done but the sad part is that's what it takes it takes a public pillory a public shaming to get people to do the right thing exactly the, the people that the people that we pay our tax money to to fulfill these obligations and to do these jobs and they're not doing it unless you know the cost is too great to them and their reputation or their you know next election or the public shame whatever and that's very disturbing to me and you know what the cop did being that bold even what the dudes with the gun did chasing them down the street then they chase them with a car they fo- yeah the they, they follow the jogger on a car or actually in a truck. Of course, you know, they, no. not his pickup trucks. But um, yeah, he was following a, in a pickup. And the other guy that actually videotaped, according to what uh, the media released, is that he to block his path with his vehicle. So, you know, mm-hmm. when all that came to light, it was like, this thing just, you know, you're just as guilty as the guy that shot him. You know? Right. Was, and the, you know, the- Yes. And the thing that I'm noticing in both of these situations is the boldness of the actions of the cop and the ex-cop, which makes me wonder, you know, you don't you don't usually unless there's something wrong with you, you don't usually go off the chain that hard and that bold your first time out, usually, you know, escalate to that kind of behavior. So that makes me wonder, you know, what kind of shit have these people pulled in the past that, that wasn't caught on camera or that wasn't released? Right, because you would think that by now, you know, with all the stuff that happened in the past, you know, all these, you know, cops being found, you know, to be murderers, you know, you would think that, oh, I don't want to be that guy. You know, but apparently they feel that, you know, they passed a little test, you know, they did the little PT and they were okay with that. They got a badge pinned to their chest and all of a sudden it became John Law, you know, and it's like, they put themselves above the law and they can do whatever they want to do when they want to do it. 
but mm-hmm. see you know if you if you know people of color go into a different mode and start taking these individuals out you know granted that's probably you know an eye for an eye but you know I mean right. something should be done I mean it's like we, we just can't sit idly by and, and, right. and be victims I mean and that's basically what it is because like you know people are now afraid to even pull over for a cop because you know they don't know what's going to happen you right. know right. if I reach for my phone videotape it he's going to swear I was reaching for a gun he's going to shoot you know, mm-hmm. and everyone's well, it was justified because he didn't know what he was reaching for and all this kind of crap. You know, but it's like these guys want to want want to kill someone for the hell of it. Yeah, and I, I understand what you're saying with, you know, how does the black community react? Because anytime the black community gets angry or loud or very visible, you know, um, I'm not talking about writing. I'm talking about like heavy, active protesting. Uh, what I see happening is there's a picture painted of, oh, look at these violent black people. But then if if people of color do nothing, then this continues to happen unchecked because anytime a behavior goes without consequences, a behavior will be repeated. So yeah, what what is the answer to that? And why does it take burning down a city? Because, um, you know, like I texted you earlier, there's riots going on in Minneapolis, Los Angeles, and it, it was one other city I don't remember. You know, why does it have to come to this before anybody takes it seriously? Right. And it's like, you know, you, you you start this rioting and looting and all this kind of stuff. And that just, you know, adds fuel to the fire because, you know, the cops are going to more or less defend people's property, mm-hmm. you know, to, to make you stop. I mean, it's like, we understand, I mean, I understand you're upset. I mean, I'd be upset too, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to take to the streets and start destroying my city. You know, I mean, there are no. other ways to handle, you know, situations like this. You know, that's, Absolutely. that's what we need to learn. And it's like, you know, there are individuals out there that, that do bad stuff. I mean, that's 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 just how the world is. But, you know, no one deserves to be basically executed on the street. Right, you know? right. And I think that the rules should change as far as, you know, for all these individuals that are recording this shit, you know, they need to be held accountable as well because that means you yeah. did absolutely nothing. Yes, you, you know? stood by and you let this happen. Right. I mean, even with, mm-hmm. you know, our teenagers out here in the streets fighting, you know, young ladies fighting each other, young men fighting mm-hmm. each other, and somebody's trying to record it and put the shit on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube to see how many likes they can get. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The I call it attention whoring for the Instagram crowd, there was, um, you know, it's 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 bad, but we could use this as a good tool instead of a bad one. All these people that are that are videotaping, you know, we need to get that footage because it absolutely has to be out there, not as a joke, not as a ha ha, but as a as a way of action. Call nine one one, then videotape. You know what I mean? So that way there's evidence. We have one person call 911, the other videotapes. But I think we also need a watchdog group. Right. Yeah, because, it's like, yeah, because there were like several people were, you know, out there watching. You know, it's like out of yeah. all those eyes that saw this take place, you know, mm-hmm. I know everybody was standing there taking it at the same time. It's like, you know, take a chance. You know, you may take an ass whooping for rushing a cop, but. On the other hand, you just might have saved somebody's life. 
Right. And you know, and if you don't, if you're not the type of person to rush somebody, remember the guy in Tiananmen Square that stood in front of a tank. He didn't do anything but stand there. You know, put yourself in between. In this, in the case of the dude with his knee on the guy's neck, that wouldn't have been possible. But you know, something, somebody. If you have a group of angry people, you get off of him. Get off of him. You know, maybe a group of you pulling that cop off, or I, I don't. I don't know the answer because I don't want to say be violent against cops, but would I rather have a cop get knocked up in the face than a guy die? Yeah, you'll survive a punch to the face. Not going to survive death. That's not how death works. So, and and I think also, um, you know, there was a there was a cop. He was caught on his I think his own body cam putting planting. He was a white cop planting drugs on a black male, and um, it wasn't the first time he did it. He got fired after he did it again, but the first time he should have been fired. Why was he? You know, the first time that a police officer shows criminal behavior and planting drugs on an individual is criminal behavior. Right. You know what I mean? False arrest, criminal behavior. Right. So the first time that happens, they fucking know better. They can't act like, oh, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to plant crack on somebody. You can't play that card. There's no fucking way. And if you are that stupid, you definitely shouldn't be on the force. So the first time you you commit a criminal act, I'm not saying like. You know, when you tell someone to shut the fuck up because you're arresting them, that's not a criminal act. Right. It's, it's unprofessional. But so that's when you get a talking to. But when you do a criminal act, not only should you be removed from the force, you should be put in jail. And I believe you should be held to a different standard of punitive measures because you knew, you fucking knew better. And not only did you know better, but you're in a position of trust. Exactly. And every time a cop does something fucked up, like you were just mentioning. People don't even want to pull over for the cops. That erodes the trust in police. So when police are being good and really trying to protect you for your own good, people aren't going to listen. Right. Because you know, so so, and that's a bad thing because sometimes you know we need that order to be set. So it ruins it for all cops. It makes all all corrections officers, all police officers, security guards, the whole thing. It it makes their job more dangerous because people have less respect for them right they're less likely to obey orders and, and just also to the just the feeling of here i live in america and i pay taxes but due to the color of my skin i'm in more danger from people that are supposed to protect me you know like how fucked is that dude right exactly and and to dude. and you know you know, let's not, you know, get it twisted. Let's, all cops aren't bad. Nope, definitely all not. All cops aren't definitely bad. Not. I mean, this 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 makes that job much harder. Yeah. You know, but there's a lot of good cops out there. Because you know, when I was in the prison system, a lot of younger officers would come through. And they felt, you know, that it was necessary to inflict as much pain on mm-hmm. the inmate that they possibly could. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why are you doing this? She's like, you need to use the amount of force necessary to get control of the situation. Boy, that sounds like some school textbook shit. You know, and it's like, keep in mind, this is a human being. Right. You know, right. you're not dealing with some rabbit animal. This is a person. You know, I mean, right. he's already locked up. Mm-hmm. You know, he's frustrated as is, you know, and now you want to be Billy Badass and try to beat on this guy and twist his limbs and you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's one thing. It's like you're twisting somebody's limbs to the point where they don't move any further. And then mm-hmm. you want to call it resistance. 
Yeah. You know, you're about to yeah. break somebody's arm. Stop resisting. Stop resisting. You're right. Especially idiot. when somebody goes to the ground, when you're being pushed to the ground, the natural reaction is try to reach out, try to move, try to break the fall. Um, you know, this is a very, very natural reaction. And it's very hard to, you know, spontaneously not act on that instinct to move or you know so when someone's just slamming you to the ground you got people yelling at you you might not even know what the fuck is going on <laughs> you right. know i think that a lot of the time they overreact and i understand that you know when you're a law enforcement officer and someone pulls a gun on you or tries to attack you it happens very quickly you don't have time to think or consider you have to act based on your training i get that but this dude in, in Minneapolis, this was not that situation. Exactly. It was not that situation. You know. And I also understand that there are people that will say, oh, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. So you loosen your hold and they can run or fight you, grab your gun. Right. So I get that the cops have to be careful of that. But, you know, when there's four of you total standing there, it seems like that tactic was unnecessary and was overkill. Because if the four of you can't get a hold of that guy, whatever they're training you to do ain't fucking working. Exactly. <laughs> Let's go back to right. And prior, you know. and prior to him being placed on the ground, you know, they had him standing up. I think it was facing the wall, but they had, you know, control of him standing up. I mean, it's four of you guys. You four mm-hmm. cops can't put cuffs on the guy. You know, if if that was what was needed they can't cuff him and place him in the back of a car four four cops can't do that right right four grown men right who are are presumably in shape because of the every cop i know is in fucking amazing shape and they're very strong guys and and in addition to that you have training for these kinds of things now i get that training in the in the training room doesn't always work in the real world i i know this for a fact but that you didn't you know now that you got him on the ground you can really just take your knee off and and what bothered me even more than this is when i guess some people standing around watching this were saying shit like hey he can't breathe or whatever well the cop said to somebody um the guy said he was not responsive he goes oh he's still breathing he's fine that was very callous it was very unprofessional right it showed a complete disregard for human life and to me, a person with that kind of attitude doesn't belong on the police force right. at all. Right. I understand they have a, a, a fucked up job. I used to date a cop. You know, you've been in corrections. You've told me stuff. I, I get it's not an easy job. It's very challenging. And life and death situations come up in an instant. But there are certain times like this wasn't the guy wasn't struggling. The picture I saw, he was sitting there. The guy was already on the ground. Mm-hmm hands uh, seemed to be behind his back and the dude's knee was still on the guy that's not that was not necessary that's that's not cool at all not cool at all right and you know i was just thinking as you were you know talking just now you know you say the mayor you know made the, the comment that um the cop in question should be arrested mm-hmm. you know like you had stated you know was that a statement made to you know ensure his seat you know come election time and to avoid that massive lawsuit that's about to come down the chain i mean mm-hmm. you know was he seriously concerned about you know the well-being of another human being or was he thinking about his pockets right you know, right so but because, a lot yeah. of stuff needs to change i mean yeah. as far as training you know holding people accountable for the actions 
you know, Absolutely. the whole nine yards, you know, because it hadn't gotten any better. I mean, it's it's either stayed at the same pace that it was just a little bit, you know, more in the bush, you know, because you'll you can you know you can slack off. We'll we'll we'll, we'll chill for a minute, you know. We'll step back mm-hmm. out the limelight, and then once all the the media hype dies down, we'll go back to doing what we used to do. You know, yes. that's that's kind of what it is. But it's like you start locking these asses up, you know, mm-hmm. or put hands to these motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, look, they need to take a note from the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church didn't want to look bad, so they covered up their pedo priests until the problem became so big it couldn't be covered up anymore. And now people have dropped out of the Catholic Church. They've lost faith in that kind of Christianity. You know, nobody trusts any Catholic priest anymore. It's a joke, really. And that's that's what we don't need to happen with the police department. So they, they should take a page from that playbook. And instead of covering things up, they need to say, you know what? We uh, this this guy's not a cop. He's a criminal in cop's clothing. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. And we don't stand for that shit. And he's out of here. That would make people feel better. And it would make them trust that, you know, when a bad apple did get in the bushel, you know, it was picked out as quickly as possible and gotten rid of covering it up doesn't help anybody in the long run it might help you now and you might get away with it you know for a couple years but not so much anymore with the the you know videotaping and things like that and the more the the public's trust is eroded in the police the more people want to find these situations and the more they look for it and i dare say some might even try to instigate some situations it's a hot mess we can't do that but let me ask you what do you think um what we we clearly have a problem we can see what the problem is there's no denying that what do you think can be done to help fix this problem obviously we can't get rid of racists if a person's going to be racist they're going to be racist but how do we like how do we stop this that's a great question and it's you know certain things have to be changed as far as you know how you know cops are trained expected to act you know I mean they got body cameras and for some odd reason you know when a cop is caught you know doing something corrupt the body camera footage always disappears you know Uh so it's like if we hold more people accountable, you know, cause there are people higher up, uh-huh. you know, if these guys are put in the hot seat, you know, and threatened with time and all this good stuff, you know, things will slowly change, you know, but they have to go in and restructure how, you know, cops are put on the street because like I said earlier, it doesn't take a whole lot. You don't have to be, you know, an Einstein to be a cop. Mm-hmm. You know, and most people that, you know, the police deal with, they're not aware of their true rights. You know, a cop, just because they have a badge and a gun, you can tell somebody anything and they'll believe it because you have yep. a badge and a gun. That's not the case. You know, we need to know our rights, you know, and then we need to stand up mm-hmm. for our rights. You mm-hmm. know, so, I mean, just, it's going to take a while. It's definitely going to take a while, but we cannot get to the point where, we, you know, just cannot rely on the police at all. 
you know, right. if we, you know, retaliate to a massive degree, you know, cops are going to be like, you know, I'm not going to go out there and try to protect these people because they're trying to do harm to me because they think I'm one of the bad guys because there are people out there that still need the police. Absolutely. And then it also reinforces the negative stereotype that police have against the black community. And so now, you know, oh, well, you know, fuck those people. They just like to burn everything down. That's not, you know, that's not an accurate portrayal either. So on both sides, it creates problems. But I think that two things we can do to help mitigate the problem is first have a citizen watchdog group. They're anonymous citizens who you know, kind of overlook things. I don't quite know how it would work. Um, but the second thing I think we should do kind of falls in line with that in that, um, you know, they always say, oh, well, we're going to do an internal investigation. Right. Well, you know what? Maybe you two are drinking buddies or golf buddies. I don't, I don't know that you're an unbiased investigator. So I would like to see an outside source investigate something outside of that police department, maybe even outside of that county. I would like to see, you know, maybe the FBI should start investigating all police cases. That way there's not that kind of like good old boy system going on. And I think that if they, like you said, being held accountable, maybe if we made them more accountable to the public and to law enforcement agencies above them, they wouldn't seem so uh, impenetrable. Right. Because I know down here with the incident with the jogger, you know, the GBI got involved, you know, and Mm -hmm. they are, you know, quote unquote, supposed to be unbiased. But the Department of Justice has also gotten involved. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's an agency you don't hear about a lot. The Department of Justice, when, 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 when they come out, oh, shit hit the fan. Right. So, <laughs> it got very real. Yeah, it got really real. When the DOJ comes out, it's real. So hopefully, you know, this incident, you know, will, you know, the one down here will, you know, be handled correctly. And also the one up in Minnesota, you know, because yeah. if it doesn't, it's going to get bad. It's going to get bad. Yeah, well, they're already... Uh... They're already writing, and the picture I saw, like, shit was on fire. Yeah. So, if they weren't taking it seriously, they're about to. Right. But it's sad. It ha- Why does it have to come to this? Why does it have to come to public shaming for somebody to take it seriously? Like, come on, man. You know? Fuck. Fuck. It, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't have even got to that. Right. Exactly. It shouldn't have. And how fucked up that that an entire community, an entire community has to feel like, you know, I, black folks pay taxes too. So why do they have to feel unsafe? Why do they have to feel unsafe around the police? Like how fucked up that an entire community has the same sentiment toward the police? Maybe you know, one of the things the police need to start doing, I mean, they get more and more militarized and I understand that because the criminals get more and more armed. So I understand that. But, you know, back when I was a kid, when you ran into a police officer, he was nice and you got to talk to him. Yeah, he was he'd show you the radio. Yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah. Right. 
yeah it was like cool you know they were cool and friendly and you know that that made me feel you know pretty safe but but now they're just I don't know maybe their job has changed so they've changed but you know I used to date a cop it has changed you know because the criminal element has gotten worse you know and that's kind of what got me out of corrections because you know the criminals were coming through those those doors were younger they were getting younger yeah i was getting older you know yep. i wasn't <laughs> as fast i wasn't as quick because them young boys come out the street mm-hmm. and they be about it you know so mm-hmm. you gotta whoop his ass <laughs> so, I mean, and, and not only that but they have motivation and purpose to hurt you where you don't have motivation and purpose to hurt them right. because you weren't one of the dirty guys. Right. So yeah, you can't contend with that. And now like, you know, my ex was a cop and he came home fucked up one night. I was like, what the hell happened to you? Well, the guy he had to take down was like a black belt and some shit and he did uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu yeah, and trained in <laughs> MMA. So it, <laughs> I, I get, I get why the cops are looking more militarized because you know yeah. these guys are becoming like, wow, the level of badass is respectable. Right. So I, I get, I get what the cops are going through. Yeah, because when you come home but, and be like, hey, do we have any steak? Oh, you want steak for dinner? No, I don't put that shit on my eye. <laughs> so <laughs> right. you know. Maybe what we need to do, uh, and I, I want to say it was Michigan, but I'm not positive. There's one police department that you know is now i i asked my ex i said uh because he called me one day a three-year-old kid fell out of a third story window onto the concrete splattered his head on the concrete my ex was the first guy to respond that's pretty hardcore thing to have to deal with the the shit these guys go through and gals go through is is terrible maybe and i'm wondering because you know, in college, toward the end of every semester, I felt fucking hostile. Like, if you just fucking look at me wrong, fuck you, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if, and it made me edgy and I wasn't as friendly. Um, so I wonder, they're under way more pressure than that. I'm wondering if that buildup of pressure somehow feeds into these these problems, being overly aggressive, overly angry, overly fearful of a certain demographic of people. Perhaps, you know, therapy should become a requirement of the job because of the shit they see and what they go through. Right. I'm I would love I would love to take a sample of police officers and give them therapy and take another sample and have them have no therapy and then compare the two and see if they're more relaxed on the job, uh, they overreact less. I would I would really like to do that. I think that'd be an interesting study. Well, like Maybe, maybe it already exists. I'll have to look it up and see. It may, but we never got any. Cause I know coming out of the prison, you know, every night, you know, you're in there for 12 hours with those guys. Once you get outside and in the air, you can literally feel the stress come off of your shoulders. And when you go uh-huh. into when you go into corrections, they tell you that that job will take away 10 years from your life. They tell you that. Absolutely. You know, so absolutely. And every cop I've ever known uh, has been a heavy drinker. And about oh, about a year ago now, um, I was down at the sheriff's department and I struck up a conversation with one of the sheriffs there. And uh, I asked him, I said, you know, what kind of and I live in a fairly my town is a smaller town. So I asked him, like, you know, what kind of shit have you experienced? He talked about being attacked and being shot at. I mean, like a surprising amount of shit for my area. 
And I asked him, I said, so do they offer you therapy or like, how do you cope with this? He goes, we go home and we drink, mm-hmm. we drink a lot. Yeah. And so, you know, then you become an alcoholic because alcohol becomes your only coping mechanism. So now you have uh, an angry, burnt out alcoholic cop who's dealt with more than his fair share of shit out there. And he's in the wrong mood on the wrong day with the wrong motherfucker. And now you got a guy with a knee in his neck and he's dying. Right. So I wonder, you know, maybe some mandatory therapy. Even if it was just a like group, you know, like a uh, led by cops, you know, kind of how AA does it. Yeah. Um, but but just just something like that, so they could kind of share, have somebody facilitate, give them something else to cope with this shit, beside alcohol. Maybe that would help. Yeah, because maybe know, that would help. The the same high powered, you know, weapons that they carry. You know, I can basically go on go into any any storm by my own or have mm-hmm. one made you know there yep. there are companies out there that will you know customize whatever it is you want so i was talking to a guy um a few weeks ago well roughly about a month ago really um and we were talking about sniper rifles there's a company here in atlanta that will customize a sniper rifle to you i mean they will be make it specifically for whatever it is you wanted to do whatever caliber you mm-hmm. like it made and they will do it you know granted it will cost if you have the money they'll do it you know so mm-hmm. i mean you got guys out there with vest on and you know you got the, the plate and the, and the armor and all this kind of stuff it's like yeah you know yeah look at look at the two banks Look at the two bank robbers a long time ago in L.A. In L.A., all the and they had SWAT and everything. Yeah. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, they had to shoot them in the head to kill them. Because mm-hmm. they brought out everything they had. They brought out everybody. And they couldn't stop these guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're walking down the street, yep. you know, invincible. Yeah, absolutely. And they did, too. They just swaggered like, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. you know, walking next to the car, all just y'all. firing off automatic fire, just like right. had the cops at bay. Like, calm. Yeah, just chill. Right, calm. Just chill. So, and I'm thinking that, you know, as a cop, you can only go through that shit so many times. You know, like in, in um, one of the last podcasts we talked about, when, when you face that shit, you become hard as fuck. And, and you don't care as much. And so I, I think that might be what's happening with some of these cops. And, you know, in your the type of person you are makes that more or less likely to happen. Some people, eh, they can, it rolls off their back. They don't take it personal. Others take it very personal. And that's why I think, and, and you know, too, um, it's my understanding that once you become a police officer, you never have to undergo any kind of psychological overview unless of course something happens like you shoot somebody or whatever right you know maybe every now and then maybe every now and then we need to just yeah kind of review give you, somebody give you another right because when you initially you know sign up and get accepted they run you through you know a psyche valve once you right. once you pass maybe, the psyche maybe. valve i mean that's it you know and i know right. a lot of military guys get out of the military and become cops you know and that's what a lot of you know cities look for is like you know prior military you know what i mean mm-hmm. we've been through some shit <laughs> you know and you guys mm-hmm. just feel oh well you know they're hard and they can handle this and 
you know, it, we can, you know, push them through the, the course, all that stuff, because, you know, they're ready to rock and roll. Dude, you got people suffering from PTSD, all kinds of stuff. You know, they're just, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> holding, you know, being in combat is a lot different from walking the street and pulling on some guy for speed. Yeah, you know, absolutely. He's not just right there shooting at you trying to kill you as of yet which he may not but you know that's where your mind is you know it's like everybody's trying to kill me so I need to be really on my toes I'm like absolutely come on my ex uh, (laughs) my ex was a veteran he earned a very high honor I don't want to give too much information away because I don't want to violate his privacy but his um, the caravan he was traveling in was attacked um everybody died but him and two other people and he saved a bullet for himself because he knew what would happen to him if they caught him so imagine having to come to terms with just first of all every you're you're being attacked one two everyone's dying around you two three i gotta save a bullet for myself i mean imagine having to make that decision and knowing that this was going to be the outcome if something didn't let up then on top of that uh, the caravan had three vehicles well there's three survivors the closest base is three hours away. So each guy had to, to drive one vehicle full of his dead, you know, fellow soldiers three hours by himself with nobody to talk to about this. And what you do after a trauma, immediately after a trauma, um, plays a big role on, on whether it's going to turn into acute stress syndrome or become PTSD or something like that. Right. So he drove by himself three hours, one bullet left in his gun not knowing if they're going to be attacked again because, you know, they came up over the big berms that are on the side of the road. And then he got out and he became a cop because it's the only thing that really, you know, paid well. And uh, he didn't have any other, like, he didn't have some PhD or something. So, you know, when you get out of the military, sometimes your, your job options are limited. Right. And he became a cop. And I believe now while his PTSD didn't make him a dirty cop, he was definitely not a dirty cop, but he was a cop that would come home and you could see how, like you said, it's taking years off your life. You could see it. Like you could see the effect. And I believe that it might have affected him more because he had, hadn't coped with his PTSD. Um, and then and then, when they, he does realize he needs help, I tell him, he's like, look, you got to get therapy, go to the VA, blah, blah, blah. His psychologist is a combat veteran. And I told him, I said, whatever you do, if you say this, this, or this, you know, there's going to be serious consequences. Don't say those things. And, and he didn't, cause that wasn't his situation, but she told him, she's like, well, uh, you have depression. Right, and, yeah. uh, so we don't, th- we don't think you should have a gun. We should take your gun. He's like, I'm a fucking cop. If you take my gun, I lose my job, my house, everything. And she was like, no, I don't, I don't think you need a gun. And it had, he didn't say, I said, what the fuck did you say to make her reply that way? Nothing, nothing that should have made her have that sentence come out of her mouth. So now he can't even go get therapy. And so he has this PTSD, very severe, you know, I mean, come on, that's, that's a hell of a fucking attack he went through. And, and you can't trust a therapist. And if your commanding officer finds out now that you have a problem from the military, you're fucking out of there. There's no way to cope. And then... You know, he has to go scrape up a, a three-year-old kid's head off the fucking sidewalk. No. And you don't offer this guy therapy for that? Yeah. Jesus, fuck. Sometimes I kind of understand why these things happen. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not condoning it. Nothing like that. But I can see how 
a person can escalate to the point where now they've got their knee on some guy's neck and they don't even give a fuck about this guy at all. Like that part of them is gone. Yeah. So I think therapy would be very helpful. And, and one police uh, one police department is doing it. And like I said, I, I wanted to say it was Michigan. I'll have to look it up and double check. And I think it is amazing. And it's great because when the cops go get therapy, all that they're told is that, you know, seven cops came for therapy. It doesn't say which ones. So there can be no, you know, retribution from someone who doesn't trust you now because they think you have a mental problem. You, you go, it's fully anonymous. Your coworkers and your boss don't know it's you that goes. Nobody, nobody in the department knows, um, which I think fosters a, a, a bigger sense of trust in going to a therapist. Because if I was a cop, I don't know that I would want to go to the therapist that worked for the police department. <laughs> you know? I, don't, I don't think I'd feel comfortable with that. <laughs> yeah, I know because my um, my therapist, my VA therapist, um, man, I mean, they ask me the same thing every time I say it. It's like, do you have guns? I have several. <laughs> do you feel like you might hurt yourself? No. Do you think you feel like you might hurt anyone? I mean, if need be, but you know, <laughs> right. I mean, it's not my plan. Can we put? Yeah, it's not I my plan. I need context so, for that. So it's like, and you have to. <laughs> You really have to be on eggshells when you answer these questions because they'd be like, this dude is crazy. You don't need guns. So what they did for me, they gave me gun locks. Uh, I'm not going to use them because if somebody breaks in, I got to like, hold on a second. Let me find the key and right. unlock my weapon. <laughs> I, right. No, I'm not using hey, hold that. Hey, hold this in for me. Yeah. Hold this for me while like, I'm yeah, let, so I can Yeah, shoot let me you. put this key in here. Hold, hold it. No. I'm not doing that, you know, but if you, and then, yeah, I mean, if you, if you, if they think you're nuts, then, you know, you can no longer have a weapon. You can no longer get a license to carry a weapon, you know, so you're kind of screwed. And, and the problem for me with that is, you know, I, like I, we were talking about one of the other podcasts. I'm a different kind of person. I'm comfortable with aggressive and violent people. It doesn't bother me. And I know the difference between, you know, violence with a purpose and just like I'm just gonna fuck shit up there's different kind of people so the the sad part is if you come to me and you would have told me that shit I'd have been like okay you were in the military you got guns big fucking surprise you're not gonna kill yourself or anyone else cool if you were you weren't gonna tell me anyway Mm -mm. the only reason you'd tell me is if you is if you needed help if you wanted help for it and you're not telling me that you do so okay cool but the the very next therapist she might be you know, sweet little Becky from the super Christian household and all guns are bad. And if you raise your voice, that's violent. And she very well could put you in that position. So it's kind of fucked up that one, I don't even think one therapist should have that much power to do that to your life. You know, maybe like go to three different therapists and if three different ones say, nah, this guy's fucking no, then okay, now we're onto something. But for one person who may or may not be a scary ass bitch, to make that decision for your life, that's 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 dangerous, man. I don't like that. I'm not comfortable with it. And it's too subjective. Far too subjective. Yeah. That's, that's, that's nuts. I know. Um, I, I made this mistake, you know. I, I don't know what I was thinking, but I had been out all day. And like I said, I tell everybody I carry and I had to go to the VA. Well, I was smart enough not to walk in the VA with a weapon. 
But <laughs> I still had the holster on me. Just the holster. Empty holster. Mm-hmm. I go through, you know, I didn't even go through the detective yet. You know, like, take everything out of your pockets, put on the belt, blah, blah, blah. So I, you know, took everything out of my pockets, you know, I put my bag on the belt, and I took the holster, you know, off. And the guy at the, you know, the security station, I think he hit, like, you know, DEFCON 3. <laughs> I mean, all kinds of stuff. I mean, they ran up to me, and they want to pat me down. And I'm like, I'm not carrying a gun. I'm not carrying a gun. Like, you can't come in here with a holster. It's just the holster. Why? I don't know. You know I'm, like, I'm sorry. I'm not going to argue with you guys. Okay. And where you parked at? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, 10 blocks away from here. I didn't park here. <laughs> you know what I did. Right. I walked. Yeah. I walked. I walked, I I walked from home. <laughs> so, but I had to take, walk all the way back to my car on the other side of the complex to put the holster back and then come back. Then once I got back, they, I know they really wanted to do a cavity search because they were looking at me like, yeah, you got it stuck somewhere. I'm <laughs> like, dude, it's a holster. <laughs> you know, I don't have a nuclear warhead stuck in my backpack. <laughs> so, what are you going to do? Hold up the whole VA for the holster? Yeah. It's a piece of fucking leather. <laughs> oh See, I'd have been an asshole. If I, if I were you, I'd have been like, nah, man, that's where I put my dick because it's so long. <laughs> After I fuck your mom. <laughs> They'd have been like, look, they looked at me and be like, oh, we know you lying. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, what's, what's weird is I was actually surprised that you, you had a metal detector. I've only been into one VA. It's here where I live. Uh, and it's, it's a beautiful, God, it's a beautiful building. The most beautiful building in the city. And I went there with a friend of mine. She's a veteran and she leads a lot of uh, veterans groups there. And we just fucking walked right in. I had no goddamn metal detector, just uh, the ramp and go. Well, now this part of it, this so. is more of an admin portion of the building. Now the, the actual hospital, oh. you know, you could you could drive a dog on a tank through the hospital. You know, oh, okay. they just, you know, if you look like you're lost, they'll be like, you know, where are you trying to go? And they'll tell you. But if so you go- So you could take your gun? No, you can't. No, you still, you know, they would. I'm pretty sure some people walk in that carrier. They just don't have it exposed. Yeah. I'm pretty sure some do. Yeah. But. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you so, can pretty so much. Fuck, if you, fuck the doctor if you're mad and want to shoot him. But man, if you didn't get your VA check and you're coming in for us this week, not us. Right. I'm coming, to, I'm coming to renew my medication and I'm limp right now. So that's the reason I got this uh, Tomahawk missile under, you know, I'm sitting on this. Right. I'm like, okay. So, so they know. They know who the pissed off people are pissed off at. It ain't the doctor and the nurse, you know? Right. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I haven't experienced anybody that was nuts, you know, in there. But on the admin side, you know, that's the side where, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're pissed off at anybody, it's probably them. Because those are the guys that <laughs> yeah. take your claims and deny your claims and, you know, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So, yeah, those are the ones you might want to be mad at. Which, I mean, like... You know, I'm not going to be mad at those guys because it's not them per se that do that. But you know, it's yeah, always it's, it's always somebody that is not the person responsible that dies first mm-hmm. before they get to the person that is responsible. Like, well, that's what pissed me off about L.A. Right? So you know, the Rodney King shit happens, 
and they burn down their own goddamn neighborhood. No, no. Yeah, go to Beverly Hills no. and burn that shit down. Don't burn yeah, go to down. the cops' house. I'm. I would just like to say disclaimer: I'm not encouraging anyone to burn down the house of any police or other law enforcement officers. Okay. But, I mean, really, if you're mad at the cops, well, right, right, just so we don't get sued. You know, if you're mad at the cops, why don't you go to their neighborhood and burn it down? Like, right, no, why are you burning yeah. down your own shit? Yeah, no, now don't tap your now shit. you got nowhere to get shit. Right, right. It's, it's now like, when you need diapers, there, there's none. It's like robbing people in your neighborhood. Dude, they got the same stuff you right. got. Right, you gotta like go to a better neighborhood. Yeah, go to these rich places and, and you know, don't be stealing these Hondas. Go get you some of these Bentleys. What the hell is wrong with you? Right, yeah. right. And then there's some poor, some poor Asian lady out there that ain't done shit wrong. Like, I worked my whole life for this business. They burned it down. Like, fuck, man. Right. She didn't even do shit wrong, man. That's fucked up. Because I know, <laughs> so, you know, during that time, you know, I was actually out there around that time, and my father-in-law had his own business. He had a, um, a computer courier service, and he actually stuck a, um, you know, he put a sign in his window, black-owned business, and luckily, they didn't, they didn't mess with him. I mean, this was in Long Beach, oh, but good. they. You know, they passed them up, which was a great thing. But for some of those people, I mean, yeah. they they that deal with it. That deal with it. Yeah, and then the problem is, you know, when you start some shit like that, it's started by people with righteous anger who who really have a right to be angry and want to stomp shit down. But then what happens is it quickly loses that, and then every little cretin crawls out of there a fucking crack in the curb. Yeah just to get some shit, you know? And then, so now it takes power away from the protests. And again, you know, now the black community as a whole looks bad, even when it's only a minority of the group that, you know, commits the problems. Now, you know, the cops don't trust the people more, thus the people don't trust the cops more. It's a cycle and it's a cycle. It's like a downward spiral. You just keep getting deeper. You know, it's, it's gotta stop. And, and I also think that, you know, the media needs to be more responsible in their reporting. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. The the media can they sensationalize the shit. They you know they they're feeding the race divide because it's it's clickbait. You know, it's something to talk about. It's drama. People love drama, and I think that that while we deal with the issues of racism, we need to come together more. Yeah, because we, we have you know when we're divided by race we're focusing on very small petty things and we have much bigger problems we have an erosion of rights that's happening at a staggering pace and if we all came together and looked at what was really going on instead of picking petty shit with each other you know we could get so much more done we could you know we have so much in common and we focus on our differences and that creates divides and it's fed it's fed by the media the media doesn't have to show this shit, and they do. So to me, you know how we were talking about if you stand by and film it and don't do anything? Yeah, well, the media's up in that group for me. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, put the camera down and go help somebody. Stop trying to get your ratings up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, one thing I need to, you know, I, I meant to mention about, like, when, you know, people out there looting and stuff, like, like I said, doing the Rodney King incident, you know, people getting these big, huge televisions, right? Yeah. But they would take them out of the box so they were easy to carry. If you're gonna go, okay. if you're gonna 
steal a huge television and take it out of the box, get the remote. <laughs> I wouldn't have even thought of that shit. <laughs> get the remote. You get this big 90 inch television home and there's no remote. <laughs> you left it in the box. Remote. <laughs> now you need to go. Now you need to go buy a universal remote, but you can't because y'all already looted the fucking right. store. Or go back and look for the <laughs> box you took the TV out of and hope that it's the remote is still in there. Right. Yeah. So if you're gonna do that, you know, get the, get the remote. But rage. Um, Unethical life pro tips. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, you know, I promise you, we weren't gonna. You know, drag this one out this time. Um, you know, we'll make up for it on another cast or whatnot. But I just want to basically try to get your insight on what was going on. You know, you're like the voice of reason. You know, in my little circle. So, <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. But um, hey, no problem. You know, so um, listeners, um, you know, please listen to this. You know, you know, take something positive out of it. And um. You know, just look for, um, you know, upcoming podcasts. Um, like I told you, me and uh, Mrs. Ray, you're going to try and do something at least once a month. Um, I think, what would we say, the third Wednesday of each month? Something, Some shit yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. As close as possible. <laughs> you know, I just threw this one out of, you know, this one we're doing right now. I just threw this one out because we just did one. You know, I threw it out there just, you know, and she was like, yeah, cool, I'll do it. So I'm like, okay, all right, thanks a lot. But um, this is your boy Ron Savage hollering at you. Um, you guys stay safe, take care. Rage, I thank you again. And um, no problem. Thanks hey, for having me. Hey, anytime. And um, we're out of here. Y'all take care.